Mapping Nonprofit Spending on Climate Change in the United States. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjukevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Siobhan Shrestha. Siobhan is a research associate at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, in which resides the fundraising school. Siobhan, so glad to have you back with us on the Fundraising School's podcast. Thank you so much for having me again, Bill. All right. And this time around, we're discussing some new research on what the U.S. nonprofit sector is spending on climate change. Provide us with some context. What is the why behind this study and what methods did you and your colleagues utilize? Of course. So mapping nonprofit spending on climate change, the focus of this study was to determine an estimate for total dollars spent on work to address climate change by U.S.-based nonprofits. Um, the work can either be classified into mitigation or adaptation or both. And mitigation is uh, the work to prevent the impacts of climate change, whereas adaptation are efforts and work to adapt to the effects of climate change. And um, the purpose, the primary purpose of this study, um, given the urgency to address climate change, um, is to have a baseline for understanding which efforts are receiving the greatest attention and which approaches need additional funding so that fundraisers, funders, policymakers can equip with themselves with tools such as these, data such as this, um, to support their key priorities. Baseline tells me we hope, if I could just interject quickly, a baseline tells me we hope to continue this study from one year to the next. Every other year, what what kind of timing are we thinking about? We're quite we're not quite sure about the um, repetition of this study of, on an annual basis, perhaps a semi-annual basis. Um, but the plan is to hopefully continue analysis in the future and build on this data further. And Shabbat, I am so sorry that I interrupted you as you were about to describe for us the methodology. Please continue. No, sorry, no pro no problem. Yes, so um, this the data in this report is based on um, survey responses from 130 U.S. nonprofit organizations of varying sizes and budgets. We have organizations from budgets below um, 500,000 up to more than 20 million. So we have quite a varying um, respondent profile. And what we did is that we weighted the um, monetary data and other data that we received from these organizations against a national census, the most accurate resource we have at the moment, of um, 3,200 U.S.-based nonprofit organizations working partly or wholly on climate change or the environment. So we extrapolated um, the data in our report based on survey responses from these nonprofit organizations, and we weighted it against a, another bigger sample to make it more representative. If you could help us understand the science, I'm thinking about there are nonprofits that work specifically on climate change. Then there's the after-school youth program, the senior citizen center, the local theater that, you know, climate change, they're very interested, they're passionate about this topic, but it's not their primary public service mission. Of these 130, were you already surveying the, you know, kind of environmental nonprofits, the non-so-called environmental nonprofits, a little bit of both? What's in your sample size? Sure. And you're absolutely correct, Will. Everything is interconnected at the end of the day. And we were surveying um, 
environment nonprofits that have received grants to address climate change, but also in the mix, we have organizations that might focus on education or arts, but their programs are somehow related to the environment or addressing climate change. So we have a varying mix of nonprofits in our sample. As always, a highly thoughtful approach to survey design at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. So Shabbat, what did you and your colleagues find? Sure, so based on our weighted sample, we extrapolated that nonprofit organizations in the United States spent between 7.8 and $9.2 billion annually on programs and activities that address climate change. Philanthropic sources provided the funding for the majority of this work, approximately 88%, or 6.8 to 8 billion US dollars, of the total climate expenditure of US nonprofits. The remainder came from government sources and fees collected for services. Further breaking down that number, um, of the total expenditure spent on climate change, approximately 49% was dispersed for mitigation activities, 14% for adaptation, and 15% was re-granted re to other organizations by some of the nonprofits in our sample. And additionally, 34% was not classified into any categories, which could mean that it could fall into either, either mitigation, adaptation, or both. It's just dependent on how the nonprofit organizations classify their own work. Put one of those findings into context, let's just say $9 billion. Again, the range was $7.8 to $9.2 billion spent annually to combat climate change. And nearly 90% of that money came from philanthropic sources. When we look at the nonprofit sector in the United States, uh, it's about a $3 trillion enterprise. About half of that money comes from earned income. About one third comes from the government. And about 16% comes from philanthropic sources. And so this really shows uh, something very different about climate change, where kind of the U.S. nonprofit sector in total relies on uh, philanthropic funding for about 16% of revenue. Shavant, in climate change, it's nearly 90%. It really shows how important philanthropy is to this issue and cause. Of course, and if we even dive closer into the income sources, specific, specifically for climate spending, we can see that 45% of that 88% comes from foundations, 25% comes from major gifts, 14% from non-major individual giving, and the rest comes from corporate gifts and bequests. That is a great breakdown. And when you talk about, you know, some of this is going towards mitigation, about half of it, about 14% to adaptation. Can you help us understand what the survey found about the, the tactics and the approaches that these nonprofits are doing, whether it's mitigation or adaptation? Sure. Um, tactics and sectors described in the survey were created to standardize how nonprofit organizations um, describe or identify their work to address climate change. And I highly recommend um, interested listeners and viewers to check out the full report so that they can get a full um, definition or analysis on the um, tactics and sectors that we used in the survey. Um, specifically, charitable organizations um, used a variety of tactics to address climate change. The study, Our study revealed that 30% of the total climate expenditure was allocated to policy-based approaches, making it the most utilized tactic. Um, and, and second comes climate justice and just transition of climate action. 
uh, with 21% of the allocation from total climate expenditure. So we're seeing that um, nonprofit organizations are employing various tactics to address climate change. Um, but nonprofit organizations also indicated that there is a funding gap in some of the tactics. And surprisingly, policy-based approaches was number one for them, despite being the most utilized tactic. And in terms of climate change and mitigation and adaptation, the survey also looked at how energy is generated and utilized. So what did the survey find out in terms of green energy and how that's being utilized in our sector? Sure. So in terms of sectors, we looked at primarily economic sectors that can influence or have an impact on climate change or the sources and sinks of climate change. Um, our study found that the total expenditure for climate change also supported various sectors that address climate change. For example, greener energy use and green and resilient energy supply received 35% and 34% respectively of the total climate expenditure, uh, making them the top two sectors. Uh, in third, we have green and resilient land use uh, with a 23% allocation of the total climate expenditure. A wonderful baseline of information related to philanthropic spending in the United States on climate change. And this is an example of the research and academic instruction that we have at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. Now, one great thing about the philanthropic sector is whatever your personal passions are, you can express them through philanthropy and you can explore those through our academic degree programs. You can focus specifically on climate change and environmental issues through our professor, uh, Dr. Ashen Ricci, who specializes on the environment and philanthropy and utilize research like this study, Mapping Nonprofit Spending on Climate Change. The information about our academic programs and our research department is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. Now, throw on a forward slash and the fundraising school, and you'll find our public courses at the fundraising school, nearly 24 in total, leading to four different certificates in person in eight U.S. cities online across the world. And the curriculum also can be tailored to your specific needs through our custom training programs, which also can be in person or online anywhere internationally or in the United States. We have quarterly webinars, these free podcasts, and of course, all of our instruction is gathered in our textbook, Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition. Our website is philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I'm so thankful to Siobhan Shretza for joining us. From, he's a research associate at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, which houses the fundraising school. And today's podcast is produced by my colleagues, Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.